Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our team. Cue that intro music. found this story and i completely agree most important storyline <laughs> lin-manuel miranda and jose miranda are cousins <laughs> i was like i saw the picture and thought what i was like that's oh. cute that they got them together for a picture and then it's like no they're literally cousins <laughs> like, like oh yeah yeah that's uh it's then, then, i mean i saw the name i remember the first time they picked yeah. them up last year and i was like huh that's funny because we were just talking about um whatever his name is as a texan Ugh. um lee scoresby and it's like ah that's funny miranda didn't didn't major didn't crossover in this pod his dark materials mlb we did it the mirandas they're everywhere lee scoresby yeah. maybe that should be I mean, his it, is, nickname. it is kind of a fu- yeah that's a good nickname okay the other the other storyline that i gave you was rays and jays Jeez, the class of the mlb it's impressive. I mean, raise. I don't know. What should we acknowledge that it's impressive? Where are you at on that? We did last week. We talked about it, and we said that I I said that they were going to beat the Red Sox in the series, and and then they were. Probably no, no, you were go you on. were. I mean, you were dead on, obviously. But I uh, <laughs> I um yeah. I mean, it's it's. I think it's exponentially more impressive, right? From when we talked about it last week to now. Yeah. Yeah, just a couple more wins. Um, so the Jays broke the streak, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the thing mm-hmm. is that, like, well, what's what's really impressive is I was looking at the run differential, and the Rays' run differential is astounding. And they did it against the Red Sox, who have one of the yeah. higher run differentials. When I looked at it, I was like, I, this doesn't even compute. Yeah. How did they do this? Nope, totally agree. They played the A's. Uh, I mean, as... As we've discussed offline, the A's are kind of a team. The A's, the A's have people that were on MLB rosters before, and that's kind of what you can say about them. They, yeah, people getting their last contracts. Yep, people getting their is first it, contracts. I mean, is it? Yeah, it, it, is it? This is a conceptual question. Is it more respectable to build a quadruple A team out of guys on the way down or the way up? Uh, I mean, on the way up. Well, you can look at what the Orioles did Worked six years them. ago, and now now they're here. Worked they're here. Them. All right, fair enough. They're, they're finally here. But, I mean, I guess you, you compare and contrast the Nationals to the A's. Yeah. Yeah. Which team would you rather have? Which team? Um, I, I I guess A's. I mean, I, I have marginally more faith in the, like, the way things are going. They didn't have a, they didn't The A's didn't have a giant star who walked, right? I don't like that for the Nationals. Yeah, well, they just got rid of. Yeah, they just got rid of their players. Yeah, I, I don't know. Tough to say. Anyway, so TGFBI check in. You're at 14. You know, I was at. I was sticking at eight around before the middle of the games yesterday. You know, because because they for whatever reason they they do actually update the overall standings live. <laughs> I know it's screwy. They're they're like live scoring is terrible. I know. But their their standings are accurate. So I'm always all curious. I know. So I'm always curious to 
kind of watch, partly because of the time zone that I'm in, you know, I'll just check it and be like, whoa, I checked yesterday, I was at eight. So I actually feel like I'm down six, but you know, what what am I gonna, what am I gonna say? I'm at fourteen. It's it's ridiculous. Well, you're, up, you're up five from last week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's great. Exactly. How about you? Where are you at? I'm up thirty five. I'm at one seventy three, which is fine. I'd like to continue the upward trend, but I don't think that Sandy Alcantara likes us. He had one great game. And my first chance at owning Scherzer. Also, <sighs> I know. Just I know. He doesn't like. He had me. a great game. Alcantara had one great game and then two bad games. But let's 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 go positive. Yeah. What did you add drop this week? So I, I just I had had this conception at the beginning of the year we should actually talk about some of the guys yeah. that we add drop just so that other people would just put some names out there. Um, Josh Lowe and Bryson Stott is that yeah, yeah. am I pronouncing pronouncing mm-hmm. that right? Is that right? Um, I like them. They're they've got they've got positions for the moment. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit worried about Josh Lowe because Rays are going to Ray yeah. right. And um, Bryson Stott, he has a good. He, he's got some security right now because that that team is hurting for. Yeah, I players. mean, there's a yeah, exactly. Agreed. I'm gonna choose that orange. And finally, I finally got rid of Reese Hoskins. Um, <laughs> I have been trying to get rid of him since he got hurt, and I, every time my ad drop has not worked. But finally, Franchi Cordero, former Red Sox. Uh, lighting up right now for the Yankees. Let's see what he can. Yeah, do. speaking of ad drops not working, I had a total TGFBI shutout. See, I it's it's early in the season. It's like if you have a pretty good sense about what a player's value is, you're going to be. Well, underbanked. so I was really only looking to replace one guy. Anyway, I have James Karinchak, and it's like, you know who I don't need? Mm-hmm. James Karinchak. He's not. You know, he's not the worst. He's not like he's not injured. He is playing. But Class A actually looks like he's doing stuff. So the current check, you know, the current check flyer that I took on the off chance that Class mm-hmm. A blew up isn't isn't paying off. But that's fine. But I tried to replace him with Andrew Chafin, who went for eighty one dollars in my TGFBI league, and I also bid on Chaz McCormick, who went for eighty five dollars in my league. Like, what's happening here? But the big spenders, both your league, my league, my league, Taj Bradley, two forty one. I that's a lot. Uh, but my league, three eleven. <laughs> What was the runner-up in your league? Uh, it was a hundred something. Yeah, mine was mine was one forty-six. This was a big spending week, and I I don't blame I don't blame people. I mean, it's easy for me to sit here atop my you know number fourteen mountain and say, <laughs> like, oh look at these crazy people spending everything. Ooh. But people need to you know this is this is the time to remake your team. Obviously, now is the time. Um, yeah, you want to talk about Mando? Like we need to. We need yeah, to. I think so. We need to. Because Gus is back? I think Gus is back, and I think that they messed with you. You didn't even put this on here. They messed with you. I don't think Thrawn is going to appear. You don't I think? I think they threw you a bone by throwing, by saying his name, right? Because Gus clearly doesn't think Thrawn exists. I know. He, does, he clearly doesn't think he exists. Yeah. Does that make you more or less likely to think that he exists? You, personally, the viewer. I think that I have all my opinions from the trailer about... Ashoka, but wow, they—I mean, like they're choreographing this way too much that they have to have the trailer out before they mention him in the show. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, but we're just—we're finally seeing the full—we're finally seeing what they wanted to do, which was the full-on Marvelization of the Star Wars universe, right? Which Mm -hmm. is where everything is 
storylines intertwined as you as you wrote in the mando universe it's happening but it's happening even on like a way bigger universe too which i don't know i don't know how i feel about it because like man like if you think about gus the acting the actor that he is and even if you like think about him in um westworld Mm -hmm. gus when he had like a little tiny bit it was like this is a really great actor what the fuck (laughs) it's so, so grandiose weird well, this week we're going to reach a goal of ours, which was we wanted to automate something else. Perfect thing to automate here is looking at team quality, something that we've been kind of obsessively going over. So, why don't you take us away on what you did? This was all driven by you this week. Yeah, well, in 7, 7.05, we discussed predicting team quality, why player performance for fantasy does not happen in a vacuum. True. <laughs> Oddly enough... <laughs> There are eight other guys who are hitting, or there's a team that you're playing against. So team quality impacts player production. Um, We could track myriad stats for team quality, and we've made a lot of discussions about that. But winning percentage and run differentials seem to be the simplest and best way of getting a quality. So we dove into into the preseason over-under numbers. I mean, I, I... put that little carrot in front of you to talk about over under lines and to, to guess lines to talk, <laughs> to try to connect that to predictions. Was, was it a little, was bet. it a little carrot? <laughs> <This is like laughs> Big carrot. So yeah, so we went over the, well, I mean, do you want to talk about preseason over under lines and why, why they're good? Well, I, I mean, preseason over underlines tell us what the expectation is for the team, right? I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're kind of the best, they're kind of the best expectation that we have because one problem with the way that we've looked at stats in the past is that we've got what we've got what every individual guy did last year, but if he shuffled teams, how he did last year was correlated with the team that he was on. So if he's on a new team this year, we just don't have the machinery, I'll say right now, ambitiously. <laughs> we just don't have the machinery right now to make predictions for that. But you know who does? Vegas, by looking at the lines. Yeah, By absolutely. looking at it. Yeah, yeah, what happens to Dansby Swanson yeah. when he goes from the Braves, which are the second best team in, in the league, to the Cubs, who are not? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it's hard to predict, but but yeah, but then but Vegas is able to because people are putting their actual money where their mouth is, and they're saying, I think that this this team is going to do better than this this line, and then someone else, and then they Vegas adjusts. It's like okay, well, a lot of people are saying that they think the over, and then. All of a sudden, they raise it a little too high, and then a lot of people are like, "Oh, hey, actually, you know what? That under looks looks. Nice. I actually think they're going to win fewer games now that you've adjusted that line." So it's a great wisdom of the crowd kind of um, data that we can use. But at the same time, that's a preseason number. Yep. We put down preseason over unders. We'll check in on on that. But the season does get actualized. <laughs> So we need to be we need continual tracking uh, to update our priors because some teams show up and they're even work. Well, we predicted that the Nationals and the A's were going to be bad, but um, sometimes they're even worse. Actually, I think A's. Well, no, both both of those teams are both of those teams are worse than we expected. I think. All right. So uh, I put together a tool to scrape MLB standings and compare on pace win losses uh, data with a preseason over under picks. Love it. Uh, the gist is uh, that number one, here's a couple things that there are deliverables, if you will. There's a repo. Um, Readme is still blank as 
I'll get out. So one day I will get that. I'm pretty good at reading these. Uh, but the, <laughs> if you want to pop it in there, go for it. Uh, the, the repo contains a Python script for scraping, a folder for scrape data, and a YAML for the actions. GitHub Actions, again, is a tool for automating workflows so that instead of us having to go and run a script every day or rely on a computer to not be sleeping um, when we schedule it, we can use uh, GitHub Actions. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> for all the reasons that you suggested, everything that we've talked about in the past, it's just better to have an always-on server do this. <laughs> I mean, unless you, I mean, Raspberry Pi server located somewhere in the Hidden. middle of the two yeah. of us. I yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, a couple of notes here. Um, thank you, CBS. Thank you so much, CBS, for having a highly scrapable, highly scrapable page with standings. Mm -hmm. You take a look at I, this. I, I have taken a look at it before. It's, uh, it's pretty good. Um, there's a lot of extra data in this standings table, though. Yeah, what are you imagining you want to use? I Well, here, here's all the things that we have in here in the CBS. So cbssports.com slash MLB slash standings. We've got runs scored, runs allowed, run differential, home road splits, eastern, central, western um, division Is opponents. It by, yeah, just by that's But that's kind of ridiculous. Where's the rest of the league? I mean, because like... Because you play, you play the opposite league. You play almost every team in the opposite uh -huh. league too. So, I mean, to the extent that that that's just not to in the there. extent that that matters, they should probably have that on here. You can derive it. Oh, I mean, I sure I can. But you can't derive it. You have the, you can derive the opposite league <laughs> data, but you can't de uh, derive the opposite league by division data. Yes. Streak. What's interesting mm. is that we have this wins projection mm. and division winner projection mm -hmm. information and i don't we could track it i'm not i'm not grabbing it down right now but that's a it's a talking point for us I, th um, I think we should track it because i would love to i would love to invert it and figure out how they're like try and figure out how they're setting the pace so i think we should i should I think we should track it because well I guess we should check and see if it's just the totally naive projection or if they're doing something more fancy. It's they're doing something fancy because it's not it's not naive. It's uh, pro right. So it's not so the Rays I get yeah, can't be right because the Rays are 14 and 2 and they're only on track for 104 wins. Or 14 and 2 would be yeah. like 130 wins. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, okay. so we're calculating the on-pace wins, aka prorated uh, uh, wins. That's what I'm using for the over and unders. Um, they are not using sweet. That. I, I found that when I first started working on this, the Rays were still projected by us, but for 162 wins. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we should, we should definitely, yes, didn't have them at once. We should definitely grab this because I'm really curious. I mean, okay. so who are these provided by are these FanDuel? No, this is this, um, sports line, sports okay. line. Yeah. We should grab this. Cause I'd be really curious to see if we could back out. A tiny bit of the oh, it says proven model simulates every MLB game ten thousand times. We gotta have it. We gotta have it. I need to know what they're doing. I'm I'm blanking. I'm blanking on what's that. What that is called when you run something. Model why are you Why are you times. doing this? <laughs> why are you doing this? I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so how are we doing? Um, you and I both uh, predicted over unders for every whether whether the team was going to. Uh, 
win more over or fewer games for every line that we had grabbed. And um, right now you are better than you're doing better than I am. It's hard to say. These are tiny but statistical, you have tiny statistical fluctuations. 18, <laughs> 18 correct to my 16 correct. And we, but what's more important is that we said, we then went through and said, okay, of the ones that were, were in lockstep that they're going to be over or under, um, we picked the ones that we were really confident in locks and we picked nine and right now eight and nine st louis being the pretty the remarkable outlier. can you build can you build in like the lamest possible benchmark which would be if we predicted every team for 81 81 wins what would happen sure like put it like put sure. in put so, in one where we we always if it was 84 we took the under if it was 80 80 we took the over i'd love a benchmark I mean, just just some sort of dumb some sort of dumb benchmark so that we to try and quantify this the true statistical randomness in this. I just want to prove. Well, you I are want to prove that we're doing better so you, than randomly guessing. Just randomly guessing by just saying basic math. Here is yeah. Here, everyone's gonna get everyone's gonna win five hundred. Um, yeah, so that was what I was going to end this with was open questions, mm-hmm. and one of the last one that I had was, should we create anything more in this space? So a benchmark five hundred, um, would we have done any better yeah. if we just assumed everyone got five hundred? Yeah, I, I mean, I assume that you can't actually pick over for every team and have it be a valid guess in the sense that there's, you know, <laughs> not everybody can be over five hundred. Yeah, but. Well, I mean, I think that if we if we add them up, we could figure out how many wins there are. Yeah, that's true. We should try that. So, I mean, okay, fine. I'll say it now. The benchmark, of course, would be to Monte Carlo simulate ten thousand random over unders and see, you know, see statistically if we were doing better than the random guess. Like you'd you'd go through and for each of the thirty, you'd randomly pick over or under for them. Oh, and you, okay. you do that ten thousand times, and then you see like, are we doing better than the median of that? All right, that would be the, that would be the true Monte yeah. Carlo. I'll set that. Up. Right, this is already going to be up. a little bit more. Sti- this is already going to be more statistical, right? If we say everyone's going to get five hundred in a yeah. year, that's right. I'll set that up. <laughs> yeah, because the Nationals would get the over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> a hard piece. Is that the the like the top and bottom quartile? It like. You know that they're going to get over five hundred, right? Well, you don't know it. Yeah. I guess I guess you don't know it, but you are more than likely to be the top quartile of teams is more than likely to be above five hundred. Yes, and the bottom quartile is more than likely to be below. Well, I, I think I mean I think the smart assumption in baseball is that every team is a five hundred team, and then the the assumption gets more and more gutsy and intense the further you're willing to push it, right? So, like saying that the saying that the Nationals over under line at fifty nine and a half, that's an aggressive line, right? Like, like there's a lot of space over fifty nine and a half wins. <laughs> okay, so two other questions that I have for you: Should I track run differential here? Yes, and this is sort of a two parter. Should we? So yes, you're saying just collect yeah. all the data. Yeah. Give me all the data, yeah, right? All historical longitudinal yeah. data. In. Um, should we predict wins based on our model? As in the, the the like slap together run differential wins model? 
Um, I think we should instead th- of using. I think we should. Numbers. So, so what? What the vision there? The vision there is you have to prorate out the wins. You have to prorate out the over under. Sorry, you have to prorate out the run differential model to the end of the season, and then we just map that to. We're gonna map that to the final value to the. So I can I prorate the run differential. Yeah, you need to prorate games. the run differential to 162 games, and that's what I, that's what we were talking about before. The key assumption is that now we're going to assume that run differential is accumulated linearly, which is a big assumption, as we know for some teams. But the teams and the cha- the challenge here is that the teams of interest, which are the teams around that 500 mark, that are the hardest to predict what they're going to do because they're the most subject to statistical fluctuations, those are the ones where yeah. this could be very dangerous. But we should try it. I mean, we, yeah, we should just try it. We should we should know. And I mean, unfortunately, maybe this is not going to be a solved problem this year, but we'll start ourselves off with something better for next year. Right, because then it's, it's going to be, how can we better prorate this? Yeah, exactly. But we, we again, yeah. I love benchmarks. We should set ourselves some benchmarks. Right. And it seems like you might have been keying yourself up to talk about convergence. Ooh, you think? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should talk about run differential convergence next week. That sounds like a good idea to me. I think that about brings us to the review session. CJ Cron. CJ Cron. You know, we're getting far enough in the season that there's kind of some interesting stuff here. So, CJ Cron has appeared in 14 games, 57 plate appearances. Uh, he's got seven runs. He's got eight RBIs. He's got four home runs. That's actually kind of a big deal at this point in the season. He's got zero stolen bases. Who cares? He's got a 236 average. That's not very good. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, if we, if we compare it to last year, which was an all-star season, which is why we're talking about CJ Cron now. <laughs> this guy from, uh-huh. this guy who's, you know, been around since he was on the Angels in 2014. Uh, last year he had 29 home runs. I mean, that's that's kind of the number in a 257 average along with 102 RBIs. I mean, the move to Colorado really looked like it suited him. Is he is he going to get anywhere near? Is he going to get near 100 RBIs this year? Mm, I don't know that Colorado team. If he can do that, you know, I so I went to I went to a Cardinals at the Cardinals Colorado game. Yeah, and I saw his average up on the board, and I said, "It's not going to stay that way." <laughs> It's. I mean, it's. It's low. I. I mean, we. We should. We'll dig into his other numbers. It was higher before thing, the but... game start. It was higher at the beginning of the game. Oh. Then it went, well, he ended the game with three Ks and an over four. It was like that's a CJ Cron line that I know and love. <laughs> we'll dig into that. I mean, for he's he's not that good of a batter. Like his K rate nineteen. He's in the nineteenth percentile. He's King all the time. He's barely yeah. walking. He's whiffing a ton. He's mm-hmm. chasing a ton. He's mm-hmm. a slow dude. I mean, it's kind of remarkable that he's managed to hold on, but it's because when he cracks the ball, he actually hits it. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It when when he makes a when he connects, there it goes. The oh, the other thing though was he he made two plays at first, and I was like, not really known for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a big he's a big guy. He you know it's interesting because I what I hadn't realized he had a lot of expectations. He was drafted in the first round, first round overall back in 2011 and then he was on the angels for a few years which is i where i started to think maybe there's something interesting and then he goes rays twins tigers before he lands in colorado yeah he never what, quite, what is this, quite what is, made it happen um 
in Los Angeles, did he? Because I remember there were a couple yeah. of times it was like, ooh, this guy's hot. Um, and then it just... But he never, he never... Everybody's owned. He never appeared in more than 116 games for the Angels in four seasons. I know. And then even his year with, with your team, with the Twins, was... He didn't play all the time. It was pretty good, but he didn't get to 162 games. Yeah, he had... I mean... His walk percent that year with, with the Twins, 5.8. He's he's not a good he's not a great batter. I would love to know. I'd love to know. We should. I mean, what's his BABIP? Do you have it? Yeah, the career two ninety seven. Ah, it's I okay. Honestly, slightly better than I thought. Yeah, higher than I thought. Last year three oh seven. Last year three oh seven as a two fifty seven hitter and someone of his size, <laughs> he should not have had a BABIP of three oh seven. But he is in Colorado. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I agree with you that my major fear is that because the lineup, the, because the Colorado lineup has deteriorated around him, that last season is just out of reach at this point. He might hit a lot of home runs on his own. I mean, he seems like he seems like kind of a natural twenty-five to thirty guy when when he gets a full season. Yeah. But is he going to have guys on base? I mean, so he's his first year in Colorado, ninety-two RBIs. Second year, one hundred and two. I I don't know if I can see that. I, I just don't know if I can see that with this team. Man, why are we even why are we even talking about him right now? <laughs> because people drafted him here. <laughs> because because if you're I feel like I mean this is gonna sound mean, but like I feel like if you're a relatively naive drafter, you look at what he did last year, you're like, wow, 102 RBIs, 30 home almost 30 home runs. He's in Colorado, he's gonna get regular playing time, and you're like, we should pay yeah. for him. But is it his But I think if you think about if you think about the guy we were gonna talk about, who's Reese Hoskins. It's not even a contest. You you way would have rather had Hoskins. Yeah, of course. Even now, it's like, well, at least Hoskins I know is gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, now you're kind of struggling with with uh, CJ Cron. He's but he has four home runs. No, but four. And yeah, and, and four home runs. Four home runs currently is nothing to nothing to sneeze at. But <laughs> I love his I love his batter comps. I mean, his batter comps are like. <laughs> Mostly 2022, like Ramon Laureano, Seiya Suzuki, yeah, sounds good. All these, Dansby Swanson, all these guys hitting hard. And then 2016, Troy Tulowitzki. Not a name I've thought about in a very long time. And, um, at the at the at course, there was a lot of Tulowitzki jerseys. Cause <laughs> of course. Of someone course. invested you, in those. Why right? would you not? <laughs> yeah, they brought us to their, they brought them to the best uh, situation the Rockies have ever been in. One, I mean, the thing that his saving grace, and maybe this is just Colorado, his max exit velocity is nuts. <laughs> I mean, he is, he's top five every year yeah. in max exit velocity. Uh, that's really something. This is helpful. It's helpful to be in Colorado and have that because it's like you just connect and it goes. Yeah, but I mean, you look, you look at their, their predictions for how many home runs you would have gotten in other parks. He... I mean, Colorado is on the on the good side, obviously, but you're talking about a couple other home runs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like it's not like it's not like he was only good for home runs because he was at Coors. Well, no, I'm saying that being at five thousand feet is helpful. No, I I understand, but I'm saying you know they've done they've done the other exercise of they've done the exercise of asking what the expected home runs by park is. And he would have done. He would have done reasonably. He's over twenty. He's over twenty-five in almost every park. Mm-hmm. So that's that's Detroit. why I said, yeah. Why was that's he signed by I, Detroit? If yeah, it but is, still his have, numbers are so low there. 
Yeah, but he'd still have four home runs this year <laughs> if he did it. So it's just a weird one. Huh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... So, right. Would I own CJ Crown? Yes. Would I have paid this price for him? No. And specifically because the guy we're going to talk about next week is the guy that both of us own because we got him for way cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think... I, th- I think in general that we give too much of a premium to course. Yeah. I mean, I think the premium, the only time that we should really add a premium to a player is if they're on the cusp. And if it's like, yeah, you know, this is a waiver wire guy. This one's in cores. This one's in the Coliseum. Um, but, but CJ Crone is not a waiver wire guy. He's a, he no, is, no, 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 no. He is a must own by somebody in the league. So I guess we should probably do this of like, would you trade for him? Uh, I mean, it, it would depend on the part, but I I feel like no. I mean, there's Generally, a, no. there's a lot of there's a lot of first basemen out there. Yeah, and I yeah. like I like other situations at least as much, if not more, than I like his situation in Colorado. Well, I gotta say there there are not as many there are not as many first basemen as there used to be. No, no, I yeah, totally, totally, it's far shallower than than it used to be. No, no, I'm 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 right there with you, but I don't think Crone is the end all be all solution. No, he's not. <laughs> Who are we doing next week? We are going to talk about Christian Walker. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the sea. All I've got left is worst luck to you, buddy. Worst luck to you, too. Yeah.